This is the Bitcoin and Markets podcast. My name is Ansel Lindner, and I'm keeping you ahead of the curve in Bitcoin. What's up, Bitcoiners? Welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to do a privacy-centered episode. We're going to talk about the uh, Europol paper on CoinJoin and then Coinbase, uh, the backstabbing that they've done to their customers selling their private data or trying to sell their private data. So we're going to get into that. Before we get started, though, I wanted to make sure I plug my other podcast called FedWatch. This is a Bitcoin Magazine podcast. So you go onto Bitcoin Magazine's uh, podcast feed and you can find it there. I do that, uh, co-host that with Christian. We talk about macro, Fed stuff, ECB, uh, Bitcoin and how it all m- mixes together in that macro type of uh, climate. So check that out, FedWatch. Next thing up is my Bitcoin dictionary it has been listed on Amazon for presale. I've been working on this thing for about a year, uh, going back and forth, get, making sure I get the right entries, the right uh, format, the right definitions. It's taken a long time. Right now it is out for proofreading to uh, some friends in, in my circle. And so then they will, once, uh, once I get it back, I'll make those edits and it will be up on Amazon. Paperback to follow shortly after that. That's called the Bitcoin Dictionary. If you're on Patreon, if you support me on Patreon for $5 or more every month, then you will be getting that book for free, of course. Uh, So if you want to support the show and get some free content, go over there to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and markets and help support my stuff. Thank you to everybody that supports. All right, let's get into this privacy stuff. Now, as as a disclaimer up front here, I am not an expert. I'm not a privacy expert here. All right, I support fungibility 100%, 100% support fungibility. And I know that since Bitcoin is a permissionless system, privacy efforts will grow independent of what I think. Like I could think X implementation is better than Y implementation, but it doesn't matter because the market will sort that out. It is a permissionless free market system. So um, I just support in general people that want to use this fungibility, but of course, always be uh, careful with this stuff. I was one of the first hundred users on Samurai Wallet back when they were doing their alpha release on Android years and years ago. I probably was the first person to talk about it on a podcast. Uh, so I support Samurai. I also support Wasabi. I don't have a dog in this fight. I think fungibility privacy wins. So I'm all for both of them. Again, I'm not a tech expert, so I'm going to focus on some different arguments than the actual implementation of it. Okay, let's jump into the Europol thing. So Europol, they have a European Cybercrime Center, EC3. And they have these this series called CyberBits. And it's all about dark net markets and cryptocurrencies and that kind of stuff. Uh, they have a couple recent issues in April. And I wanted to read through this because they specifically talk about Wasabi and CoinJoin. And so this is very applicable to Bitcoin and applicable to my listeners. So I wanted to go through this. So this is from EC3 and it is dated April 2020. Part one, Wasabi Wallet. What happened? In the last period... Europol's EC3 started to notice an increasing number of investigations involving Wasabi Wallet. Wasabi is a light wallet 
that implemented a very effective method of mixing Bitcoin into a so-called coin join. This means that it merges coins originating from different users into one transaction and redistributes these into many standardized amounts on the output side, which makes it difficult to correctly link inputs with their respective outputs. Wasabi claims to be an open-source, non-custodial, privacy-focused Bitcoin wallet for desktop use, which implements trustless coin-join shuffling with mathematically provable anonymity. How does it work? Let's take a closer look at the above-mentioned four adjectives. So this would be the open-source, non-custodial, privacy-focused, that type of stuff. So open-source, they say, same as many other wallets, including the very first one, Bitcoin Core, all have code transparency showcased at GitHub so that anyone can check that the code is not doing anything malicious. Non-custodial, they say, is users who download the wallet store all Bitcoins locally, so the administrators and developers of Wasabi have no way of accessing a user's balance or funds. This also means that the AML legislation, including Europe's latest AML D5, does not apply to the service. Privacy-focused, this is what they have to say about that. Unlike most other cryptocurrency wallets, the main purpose of Wasabi is to protect the anonymity of its users via non-optional use of passwords, integration of Tor, and most importantly, its unique and elaborate coin mixing mechanism. Additional privacy-focused transaction-specific features include, and then this is a bullet point, or these are some bullet points, very large transaction mixing funds of many participants at the same time. Blind signatures that assure that even Wasabi operators cannot link inputs and outputs. Standardized, randomized amounts. Generation of new address for each incoming transaction. A coin control feature gives users a choice on which input address to spend. Custom transaction fees and block filter. That's the end of page one. We're going on to page two here. The last item deserves a more elaborate technical explanation. If a user runs a light wallet such as Wasabi, that does not require storing the 250 gigabyte block Bitcoin blockchain. The wallet needs to connect to one of the nodes in the Bitcoin network to get the current status of all addresses in the wallet. However, this may decrease a user's privacy as the tracing companies operate many nodes in the network, who could then easily make a link between a wallet and all addresses it controls and correlate transactions with IP addresses. Breaking in here, these analytics companies, they are running nodes. And so when you your wallet will uh, request like certain address balances, those they, that's where they get you. They can get your IP address. They can get your wallets. They can look at the history of those inputs and outputs and trace that back, you know, and apply that to your name. So that's a very big problem. So that's what they're talking about, this block filter here. To make this process less reliable, some wallets implemented so-called bloom filters, which request many addresses from the node, including, including false negatives. However, this did not stop tracing companies from harvesting valuable information for their tools so they could still get your IP address and stuff. And they knew that some of those addresses were yours. So the false negatives only slowed them down, basically. Block filters go one step further with Bloom than Bloom filters by downloading full blocks of data, making it difficult to establish which addresses in the block is actually being requested. This should prevent the tracing tools from linking Bitcoin addresses to IP addresses and clustering addresses based on network traffic. 
Why is it trustless? When using centralized mixers, users run the risk of their funds being stolen by the mixer. So this would be centralized mixers. And there was some guy recently arrested for mixing, uh, running a centralized mixer. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a central point of failure. Another risk is that the centralized service may be taken down by law enforcement who may seize logs and subsequently identify users be behind the transactions. Wasabi completely mitigates the first risk as the user has complete ownership over the private keys. While the wasabiwallet.io site could theoretically be taken down, IP logs would be worthless as the service uses Tor by default. How popular is this service? Certainly popular enough to spark our interest, Wasabi has been in operation since autumn 2018 and has gradually been gaining traction. Looking at the Wasabi cluster on chain analysis, this service received over 110,000 bitcoins, which corresponded to over 500 million euros as of March 18, 2020. The ratio of addresses to transactions is high, which is expected given multiple parties mixing their coins within the same transaction. How is this service used? According to the same tool, over the last three weeks, Bitcoin in the amount of nearly 50 million USD were deposited into Wasabi, with almost 30% coming from dark web markets. This is a significant amount, relatively speaking, given the dark web transactions are estimated to have only 1% share of total transactions. Now, this is interesting that they admit this right here, that... Um, Darknet markets are only 1% of the total. That's pretty big because that's saying that they know that Bitcoin is not used for illicit purposes, mainly, right? All right. Why do you need to know? So this is the conclusion of this, and then it goes on to the next uh, issue. Wasabi is a very effective decentralized Bitcoin mixer with many privacy-focused options. It provides possibly the most convenient and secure way to mix Bitcoins. Wasabi became popular and naturally also attracted those involved with criminal activities. The next CyberBit will provide an insight into a hands-on interaction with Wasabi, generating a transaction and explaining the possibilities for law enforcement investigations. Spoiler alert, things are not looking good. They actually put that on their issue. Things are not looking good. So I'm not going to bore you with the entire next issue. I'm just going to go down, scroll down to the conclusion uh, because it sums it all up very nicely. So this is the next issue. I believe it's still April. Oh, no, this is the May issue of 2020. And so this is what they say in the conclusion. It's bullet pointed again. So I'll just read it straight through. Why should you know? It is easy to visually identify Wasabi wallet transactions just by looking at them in the blockchain. Tracing tools will identify most of the addresses, but will not demix the transactions. It may be possible to follow the money if the suspect happens to make a mistake. Suspects who avoid major slip-ups have a very high probability of staying undetected. If you or your colleagues actively research Wasabi or other mixing, do get in touch. So they are very interested in this, but it's very important to know that if you avoid major slip-ups, you have a very high probability of staying undetected, which is very, very good. Not because you're a criminal, but because 
you have the right to move your money without people watching you, right? This is your property. You have the right to privacy. If you don't believe in the right to privacy, what's your password for your email? Give it to me. I have the right to know apparently you think that. That's wrong. Everybody has the right to privacy. You have the right to your passwords. You have the right to private email, private messaging, private money transactions. It is, it is dependent on them to do the police work. So I'm not mad at them for trying to do this. They have the right to do that and you have the right to try to avoid it. This is an arms race in privacy. And it looks like Wasabi gives us the opportunity to, to win. So <laughs> this is a very, very interesting. Check out this. Uh, I'll, of course, link to this in the show notes. And I, I'll host it on my website as well because there supposedly some people were saying that they took this down. But I'm accessing right now uh, on the original place I found it. So, But I will be hosting it on my website for you guys. Okay, next section is going to be on Coinbase. And you might have seen this come out um, earlier this month. So, I don't know, two weeks ago now. Uh, this was a story from the block. And I linked to this through an archive link. And I want to explain these archive links real quick because I think it's important. A lot of discussion has come up recently that I've seen about fake news and not trusting people and this uh, revenue model that these websites have for fake news and stuff, clickbait. Uh, it's very important to not support them, right? So even if they have some good article, you should not be sending people sharing a link to directly to the website. Because even if you share 10, 10 people follow your link, then you know, you're just giving them more clicks and giving them more revenue for their ads. Uh, and if you want to police them and you want to hold the purse strings, then you will not do that. But as a corollary to that, Remember, June is the month where I am challenging my listeners to go out there and support your favorite content producers, independent content producers online. It could be anything, some science show you watch on YouTube or some uh, fan fiction movie that you really enjoyed and you want to support them or a news outlet like this one or another podcast that you listen to. So I uh, challenge you to go out there and support somebody for $5 a month. You need to pay to have good quality content. You're not going to get good quality content by paying through your eyeballs because that's the way you degrade the quality down to fake news and scamming. The, the reason why I share this specifically for the block crypto is because they are uh, big shitcoiners and anti-Bitcoiners. The main guy that runs it, I forget his name now, but uh, he's on Twitter and he's always bashing on Bitcoin maximalism and Bitcoiners uh, and they do a lot of reporting on altcoins. So they, they're getting people into those scams. Same thing with Coindesk. I haven't shared a Coindesk link in a long time. I do just the archive links because I don't want to send them clicks. I don't want to send them revenue. Uh, so we got to take control of our content. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> so I share the archive link in the show notes. You can get take a look at it there. But this is from the Block Crypto and the headline is Coinbase wants to sell blockchain analysis software to the IRS and DEA a year after its neutrino acquisition. Sounds very, very bad. Probably saw this out there. I want to get into what neutrino is real quick for newbies. So I linked to this great tweet thread by Janine. 
I don't know if she's still doing a show with them over there at Block Digest, but she was a contributor to Block Digest on YouTube and really good security type researcher, really good um, privacy advocate. So Neutrino is basically uh, the term for this hacking team, and they called themselves Hacking Team. Hacking Team was um, listed as a enemy of the internet by RF International, RSF International, excuse me, because they, quote, sell products that are used by authoritarian governments to commit violations of human rights and freedom of information. Um, they've sold stuff to Saudi Arabia to crack down on their population and their enemies. Uh, sold to Egypt when Egypt was in the middle of their uh, Arab Spring revolts. Um, they've sold all of this to Mexico and Latin America and other governments. Of course, the U.S. government, I'm sure. So there's all sorts of stuff. This thread is full of links. Janine does a great job uh, archiving this stuff for us, so check that out. Um, but anyway, so Coinbase acquired this company, and uh, there was such an uproar on Twitter and in the Bitcoin community that they ended up laying off a bunch of, or they laid off all of the founders of this hacking team. So they were going to keep them on, right, on Coinbase, and then they decided to let them go, but they used their software. And now the block is reporting that they're using this neutrino technology to sell information to the DEA and the IRS here in the United States. These two agencies intend to buy licenses from Coinbase for an analytics platform called Coinbase Analytics. This is just a rebranding of neutrino. Neutrino is now called Coinbase Analytics. So this, this technology that was used in human rights abuses is now being used by Coinbase against their own customers. Really, really bad deal. Ah, documents related to the purchases by the IRS and DEA were published in April and May, respectively. Notably, the IRS document draws a connection between Coinbase Analytics and Neutrino, an intelligence agency that Coinbase controversially purchased in 2019. The acquisition drew controversy due to its founder's involvement in the Italian spyware firm hacking team, and Coinbase ultimately said that it would part ways with team members associated with hacking team. So it's pretty bad. Public records also indicate that Coinbase is not being officially granted the awards, and the company does not appear in queries submitted to usaspending.gov a directory for government contract awards. According to this database page, Coinbase's registration to offer products and services to the United States government be became active on April 28th, with an expiration date of April 13th, 2001. When reached for comment, a Coinbase spokesperson told the block that the information offered in Coinbase Analytics has always been kept completely separate from Coinbase internal data. So, they're trying to say that this is not customers. It's just everybody else. It's just general people out there trying to um, de-anonymize Bitcoin. Invade on your privacy. So anyway, I'm not going to read through the rest of this. It's really bad. Delete Coinbase. Um, the, after this hit the wire, there was something like, I don't know, 100,000 Bitcoins came off of Coinbase over the next couple of days, which is pretty interesting. Um, again, they're they're saying they're not commingling this with customer 
data, but I find that very hard to believe. You know, it's just Bitcoin in general. So if they find something for Bitcoin in general and that you have an account at Coinbase, they're probably legally required to freeze it. To me, that makes sense. So they're looking into this, trying to be as compliant as freaking possible and make as much money off of your data as they can. So delete Coinbase. This is a very important thing for the privacy and fungibility of Bitcoin. Ah. I rest my case, guys. Thanks for joining me. My name is Ansel Linder. This is Bitcoin and Markets. Support me over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Check out the new Bitcoin Dictionary book. It is available for pre-order now on Amazon. And don't forget to check out FedWatch, the new podcast with Bitcoin Magazine and CK Snarks. So we'll see you guys next time.